Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Were you blessed by that song ministration? Praise the Lord. All right. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. See what the Lord has for us this morning. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Last Sunday, we started looking at this word, the Greek word, anakagzo, which means compelling power. And we're looking at compelling soul winning and church growth. The truth of the matter, as we established last Sunday, is that God wants all men to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. He paid the price for everyone. And as the children of God, the salvation of men should be the most important thing in our lives. How people can get saved, how people can get born again, how people can get into the kingdom of God. Over the years, I have started to realize that, you know, sometimes it looks like when, when you ask people to come to church or, you know, you, you've been followed up, you've been encouraged to serve the Lord, most of the times it almost looks like you are doing the pastor a favor. The, the, the pastor wants you to come to church so he can have a large church, uh, probably so he can have a good life. And uh, it's a very limited understanding of the plans and the purpose of God. As a child of God, do not forget that you will stand before the Lord and give an account of your life. Don't, don't forget it. That you would stand before the Lord and give an account of how you used your life in this earth. I know we don't talk about it a lot, but it's almost like I can do what I want with my life and that's it. When I'm dead, then I'm dead. I'm gone. And gradually you have people who uh, the plan of God not just for their lives but the plan of God for humanity they're not concerned about it. So we we must be conscious of the Great Commission. If you, especially in our culture, in African culture, when a man or mostly men, I don't know if women die when they talk, but, or talk when they die. That is when they are dying, if they talk. <laughs> but I know men talk. So men will say, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. Right? And um, they will say, let's do this. This is what Papa said before he died. These were his last wishes, right? 
and everybody runs around to make sure that that is carried out. Have you ever thought about the last words of Jesus to his disciples? What was his last desire? Is that they go into all the world and preach the gospel. That was the last great command of God. And we, we have to be conscious of it. You know, sometimes even as a, as, a, as a minister of the gospel, you have to be conscious that the essence that God brought you to teach the people is to equip them so they can go out there to be soul winners. So you're not just exciting yourself. And we can raise church where we are just exciting ourselves. Just having fun. We're moving from one program to another. From one breakthrough meeting to another. From one healing meeting to another. And we're not concerned about the loss the reject of the society. And we have to review this. In First Timothy, turn there, that's where we started from. First Timothy chapter 2, we're looking at Anna Kagzo, compelling soul winning and church growth. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, First of all, then I urge that entreaties or prayers and prayers, supplications, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And we need to pray for kings. You must learn to intercede. Let me tell you. Whoever you choose to vote next year, whether that person wins or not, right? Whoever comes out that becomes the president of the nation, you have to pray for them. You have the responsibility to pray for them. Don't say, oh, I didn't vote this one. I will not pray for you. <laughs> no, you have to. As a believer, we have a responsibility to pray for. Now, and let me tell you, and you know this, right? Because if the kings do not rule well, we all suffer for it. Um, three of our churches, you know, we have, we have seven churches in the ministry. Um, four are in the city. We've got three mission churches. All our mission churches are flooded. Currently, all our members... Are in the IDP camps in the states. You know, the churches are flooded, lost everything in the floods, sound system, everything. Um, we have a mission school. We have a mission school in John Kramer 4. Um, all our benches, everything gone. But then my missionary there was sending me uh, a message. I was asking up after the saints yesterday just to give me an update. And he, was, he, he showed me something very, quite annoying. Uh, the flood has started going down gradually. And the, <laughs> some of the leaders of the community um, says they want to thank God that they survived the flood. So they are organizing uh, a life band for successful survivor of the, of the flood. How many of you think such a person needs prayers? Real prayers. And literally, in that community, I had sent them some phones yesterday because a bag of pure water was going for 600 naira. Because there, there's no food. They can't get food into the community. And here is a leader organizing, bringing in a life band to thank the Lord for success. How many of you think 
First Timothy 2 2 would be good for that leader. That we pray for those in authority. Are you following this? That we pray for those in authority. And let me tell you this. Uh, if you are just reading about the Lord and seeing pictures, it's true. Okay? It's true. And um, people are affected. Badly affected. And that's why we need to pray. That's why we, don't, we just only... We don't need to just pray. We need to reach these people with the message. Because if they are Christians who really believe in the Lord Jesus, there will be compassion in their hearts to those they lead. That's why salvation is important. Are you, are you following this? That's why salvation is important. Because no true child of God would live that way. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Alright. Verse 3. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, who desires, what's God's desire? That all men, how many men? You know the word, men here is referring to man and woman, right? Okay. All men to be saved and to do what? To come to the knowledge of the truth. Now we said that, uh, to be saved means they are saved, born again. To come to the knowledge of the truth ensures what? Salvation, discipleship. The truth of the matter is, the church was never designed to be an entertainment center. It's a school. It's where you learn. You ought to be taught to become matured. The church, you know, because we just want to, excuse me, always lower the standards. We started doing all kinds of things to attract people. Let's do suya nights. So come, we have suya for you. You know, and people come. And then, (laughs) then you do suya for them. Barbecue. Holy Ghost barbecue. Hmm? <laughs> I hope I'm not making you laugh too <laughs> And then, <laughs> then you say, Praise the Lord, just as they killed that ram now, one day you will die. I said, The devil will make you to do barbecue. Will you not accept the Lord Jesus? Yes, I, I will accept. When you see an animal being roasted, will you not accept the Lord? And that's not the message. That's not the gospel. So we have people in church who even do, do not have an idea what the gospel is. What Christ did for them. Who they are in Christ. And that's why we, we, we don't just need to be saved alone. We need to come to what? The knowledge of the truth. To be taught the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God operates. How the kingdom of God works. And then we have the responsibility of taking that message to those who don't hear. Who, don't, who, who have not heard. Or who have not had access to that message. Now... It says, number 5, verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And this is very important. The mediator between man and God is Jesus, no man. And I want to say this, I know it might rub off on some ways, but we have a responsibility to teach the truth. You don't need to pray in the name of the God of the commission. Don't pray in the name of the God of KDCC. There is no God of KDCC. There is only one God. Church of the living God. Stop praying in the name of the God of the commission. There are graces that follow ministries, but there is only one mediator between you and God. Pray in the name of Jesus. That suffices. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus died for you. Papa didn't. Jesus died for you. Pastor Maxwell didn't. When I'm dead and gone, he will still be God. The church will still continue. God will raise more people to get the job done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus is your savior, not the young man standing in front of you. Don't pray in the name of my God. My God is your God. My Father is your Father. My Savior is your Savior. We are all children of God. I'm just the class monitor. Is that fine? I'm just helping to keep the church in order. The grace of God is on my life, but the grace is to make you matured. The grace is not to make you look up to me. The grace is to bring you to the place of maturity so you can walk in the fullness of the plans of God for your life. Does that remove honor from the pastoral office? Absolutely not. But we must begin to teach the children of God that they have access to God. The same blood that was shared. That's the knowledge of the truth. Praise the name of the Lord. And I see some of you still come here and still wear bangles and necklaces of other preachers. I don't know what you're looking for here. You're either here to learn the word of God or you stay there. There is no need confusing your destiny. You know, I heard people, you know, I heard someone say, I like this church. You teach, but you people don't preach fire, you don't pray fire prayer. So I, I, so I asked the person, I said, what is fire prayer? What's fire prayer? So you know fire, you are in this church and you know fire prayer. <laughs> it's almost like all those who said that by fire come this way. <laughs> but you realize that if you read the Bible carefully, the Holy Ghost fire was never meant for your enemy. It was meant for you. It's to purify you and to cleanse you. So you can offer sacrifice in righteousness. It is you that God wants to baptize with fire. So you can love your enemy. The fire is not meant for your enemy. It's meant to cure that evil and wicked heart that you have. That wants to make you kill people. So you need it more. Right? And we'll talk about that. But let's go on. Go to, go to Titus. Titus is just after Timothy. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. But are you here? Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> See, let's pray acidic prayers. Corrosive prayers. Fire everywhere. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. You know, sometimes, if we don't do something that makes it look like you have really done work, you feel God has not done anything, right? You know, we just sang, even when we don't see it, what is happening? I didn't hear you. Even if we don't see it, His work? He's working. You must believe that. That God is at work in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Praise the name of the Lord. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says, For the grace of God has appeared... Bringing salvation to all men. Now, if it says the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, is it true that all men are saved? No. 
So this statement actually is talking about what is possible. Every man can experience the grace of salvation, but not every man is saved. So what do we have to do? We have to take the message to them. We have to share the truths with them. You know, one of the things I'm very passionate about in the body of Christ is having to study the Bible and just teach the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word is so liberating. It's so, it will set you free. It will make you committed to God out of a heart of love. You will begin to enjoy serving the Lord. Enjoy serving the Lord. But God wants us to take this message to the whole world. God wants us to take this message to the whole world. You know, when you go to Europe today, the, the percentage of Christians in Europe is on a high decline. And you know the reason why? Because when the revivals happen in all of those European countries, Germany, uh, Wales, Scotland, um, the, the, the US, US um, Azusa Street revival, and all of those revivals happen, after a while the church just got inside, just looking after themselves, and they never reached out. In Europe today, there are third generations who have never been to church. Whose fourth generation were Christians. A faith that is not heart will not be preserved. A faith that is not, if you're not consistently pushing out the faith, you would lose a generation of people. And that's why we have to constantly teach the word. We have to constantly reach out. We can't complain about all the bad things that is happening in the society and we think it will just be solved by good government. No, good government does not remove the evil nature of people. Are you following this? It's Christ that gives people what? A new nature. So the Bible says the grace of God has appeared to all men. God, God has made that grace available to all men, but they haven't heard. They need to hear. That's why in Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius was giving alms, you know, he was praying and giving alms, but he wasn't born again. God had to reach out to Peter and told Peter, go and tell Cornelius the, the, the message of life. Paul and Silas, when they were in the prison, and they sang and they prayed and the, door, the, the jail doors were open. You know, what would have been the next thing? Run for your life. God did not say run for your life. He said stand in the temple courts and share the message of this life. You see, it wasn't about their convenience. They didn't preach the gospel because it was convenient. We never preach the gospel because it's convenient. No, a thousand times no. You know, sometimes people feel, oh, it's because you're a pastor. No, there are many, I mean, and you know, you know, sometimes people say, there are many ways you can decide to do this pastoral ministry and make money very quickly. Will you get money? Yes, you will. Will you get the houses on time? Yes, you will. Who do you think wants to be poor? Or you don't think I'd like to ride an SUV that the seats are well cushioned, leather seats? Everybody. So when you choose to stand by the truth and to teach God's word, it's not also because it's very convenient for you. Because the scripture says in the last days that people are going to have itching ears and they are going to heap up teachers for themselves who will teach them what they want to hear. So there is what people want to hear. There is what, there is how people want church to be run. Are you following this? There is how people want church to be run now.
You know, today people want church to be run in such a way that we come to church this morning and then we have envelopes of house rents, school fees, medical bills put up. Hmm? Then we call, oh, who are you? Say, oh, I have not paid school, my children's school fees for seven days. Okay, this is one million for you. Or we hear that an actor has problems and then we give the actor. Take. You have made us laugh before. You cannot suffer. Take, take. Say, wow, he's a true man of God. You're joking. You're joking. Who cannot do that? You. Listen, you can do that if you had money. Will that not make you a man of God? Do you know how much Bill Gates gives to charity? Without cameras. Those people even give to nations and continents without cameras. And you pay house rent, they must capture it. You buy a bag of rice, they must capture it. <laughs> you know, if I didn't mention that our churches were flooded, most of you will likely not know. We will do whatever we are going to do, and people will not be aware. Is it good to let people know what's going on? Most times it's good, but if the, if the aim is to show that we are true men of God, then the motive is already defeated. We already have our rewards. Unfortunately, people need to hear the truth and the message of life. And you have a responsibility to dispense that message. See it as your obligation. It's not optional. The Great Commission was given to every one of us. When he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he was also talking about you. There is your own world. I might never be able to go to the site where you work to preach the gospel. That's your word. You have a responsibility to bring the gospel to that site. My job is to equip you so that when you go out on Monday, you have a target in your heart. I want to get a soul to God. I want, to, I want people to hear this message. And you do what it is in your power. Convenient or not convenient to get the message out. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Let me show you something. Acts 1 verse 8. How many of you know what is Acts in Acts chapter 1 verse 8? You shall do what? You're not doing memory verse again. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. What's there? You shall receive what? Power. After what? After the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yeah? And what shall happen? You shall be my witnesses both where? In Jerusalem. In how many of Judea? All of Judea. And where? And Samaria. And even to where? Artemis, King James, remotest, New American Standard. How many of you know what remote means? What, when we say remote part of the earth, or a remote village, what, what do you think we're talking about? Remote control? <laughs> what do you think we're talking about? Huh? Where? Lighthouse. Don't let people who, who stay in lighthouse, they will beat you after church. Say, you are calling us remotest. Alright. But we're talking about the forgotten places, the extreme edges. So as a church, are we concerned about the remote parts of Boney Island? Are we concerned about those places 
that nobody would get into. The, the gospel was not just meant for Jerusalem. The gospel was not just meant for Samaria. It was meant for all the whole world. And we ought to think that way. But you know what? These guys, we don't receive the Holy Ghost so we can just speak in tongues. We receive the Holy Ghost so we can preach the message. The Holy Ghost you have received is not to make sure that your neighbors do not sleep at night. You know, there are people like that. When everybody wants to sleep, then they start. <laughs> Very unruly believers. You know, I, I've told you this story before, right? Um, one young man uh, uh, in the Polytechnic, the other state Polytechnic, got into this whole prayer thing. And uh, every night, uh, he will get up. He will be saying, I roast. I roast. <laughs> he will call all the people he wants to roast. By fire. I roast. So, yeah, <laughs> so he, does, he does that every night. Midnight battle cry. <laughs> all right? So his rent expired. <laughs> his rent expired. So he went to meet the old woman who was responsible, you know, there is a village. So, a lot of the houses there are owned by older people. <laughs> so I met the old woman. I said, I wanted to renew his rent. Mama said, no. Say, every night, now you did roast. They don't bomb my house. <laughs> and they drove him out. <laughs> and you know, he was telling us the story and he said, you know what? I, 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 my prayer worked. No, your foolishness worked. Alright. Acts 1.8. So the Holy Spirit was given to you not to roast was given to you so you can be the witness of God. So you can share the gospel. The Holy Spirit was not just given to you in church. It was not just given to you so you can see visions. It was to enable you to become what? A witness. Now, they didn't obey that command. The apostles settled in Jerusalem. Now, see what happened in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. And God knows, hey, if I don't move these guys, they will not move. So, Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Something... Hmm? Acts 8 1. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. Huh? Persecution started. Trouble started. What happened? And they were all scattered throughout what? The regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So the believers scattered. That scattering was what took the gospel to those regions. Since they didn't obey willingly, they obeyed by fire and by force. Persecution drove them. We shouldn't allow persecutions to be what would make us take the gospel to other places. We should obey the word of the Lord willingly. I, I, I just want to stir your righteous hearts towards soul winning. Who are you actively reaching out to? Who are you preaching the gospel to? Who are you sharing the message of life with? Don't just be so self-focused that you're not concerned about others. Let me tell you, be concerned about the churches people even attend. Are they hearing the truth of God's word? Are they hearing the message of life? And, you know, and, 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 and when people are not properly discipled, you hear all kinds of things. We are all serving the same God. Which God? Except you understand the true nature of God, you're not serving Him accurately. You know, people go to where fear is infused in their hearts, leave church afraid. 
Some people can hardly stay at their shops to sell because there's this prayer meeting they have to go every morning just to pray that their life will be better. Scared of the devil, scared of witches, scared of wizards, scared of occultic powers, scared of dreams, eat in the dream, trouble, sleep in the dream, trouble, fly in the dream, trouble. Once you dream, you must have just to be like this. Scared of everything. Just afraid. And people need to be taught the word of God. We must again return the church back to the way God wants the church to be. And that's a learning center where people are taught God's word. And, and you know how our TCC runs. It doesn't run like regular teenage class. Some of you have seen your kids giving all kinds of assignments. Right? And we're asking those kids and they don't read the Bible. They don't have time to read the Bible. Your children. They don't have time to read the Bible. We're asking them, they are busy. No time for the word. And you better correct that because we're not going to use two hours to make your children love God if you don't put that at home. You, you have to work on that. Because, again, that's your mission field. You have to start from your Jerusalem. The good things you provide for your children is not equal to salvation. You have to ensure those kids know God for themselves. It's one of the greatest things you can do for your children. To have a walking relationship with God. And so I told the guys, don't make it the regular things, church. Let them read books. Let them have their notes. Let them go through scriptures. No projector. Let them read the word. Let them do the assignments. Whatever you ask them, they don't know. Give it to them as assignment. Let them make the research about scriptures. Because church is not just to make you feel good. Why are you going to that church? I just like the music. The music. When the music is going on, I just forget whatever I'm going through. Then when the music stops, everything you're going through comes back. No. God wants to teach you to have victory whether there's music or not. That's why you have to learn God's word. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, are you still here? Alright. Now, let's go to John chapter 4. Let's look at something in the life of Jesus. John chapter 4, everybody in this church should have someone they are reaching out to and discipling. Actively reaching out to. Actively reaching out to. Eh? To a young person you're bringing up in Christ. At the end of your life, that's what we count. Do you think when you stand before the Lord and say, hey, what did you do with your life? I know you're a tailor. What did you do with your life? Say, Hmm. God, you don't want to see the city twice, so you don't want to see the city twice, so Jesus. White senator like this, fitted. <laughs> you feel like you just meet Jesus. Say, oh, do you want me to take your measurements? Let me do something for you. God is not going to be impressed by that. How many souls did you win? Who did you bring to Christ? Are you following what I'm saying? God is not going to be impressed about how much you made. No. Do, are we ever conscious that we will stand before this God? Are we conscious that there's something about God that He wants accomplished on the earth? Or is it just about how nice? 
Or you know you stand before the Lord and say, what did you do with your life? Say, God, I just want to thank you for the bow you gave to me. My bow was the best bow in the whole world. I just enjoyed my marriage. And God said, next. Say, that's all. <laughs> or you stand before the Lord and say, God, I just thank you. I've got some wonderful children. Let me tell you something that you don't know, God. My son came out first in mathematics competition, cowbell. <laughs> My second daughter was karate champion. My third daughter was ballet champion. My fourth son schooled in Oxford. And God says yes. And so, say, do, do, do you know Oxford, God? Do, do, I'm telling you, my child school in Oxford, they are doing and so do ox like the real Oxford, not cabin biscuits. You know the things that impress us on earth would absolutely not impress the father. Because it didn't cost him the blood of his son, so your child can go to a good school. It didn't cost him the blood of his son. So you can have a good wife. It didn't cost him the blood of his son. Are you following this? So you can have a good shoe to wear. These things are beautiful. They are good. God is not against them. But that's not the reason. The reason is that all men will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We must be conscious of this. And it will shape our attitude to the church. It will shape our attitude to the things of God. We will see serving God as a privilege. And that is why in this ministry, we'll never have a, a place where we force people to be committed to church. I, I don't believe that. Your commitment has to come out of your gratitude to God. I am grateful to God, so I want to commit. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm, I, I want to be part of what God is doing. I, I want to be part of the community. I want to plug into the community so we can be part of what God is doing. So we look at the life of Jesus. John chapter 4. Go to verse 6. Jesus was tired, right? And Jacob's well was there. He was going through Samaria. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. What, what do I want to show you from this verse? Jesus was tired. He has sent his disciples for food. He was tired. Then he sat by the well. But when an opportunity to preach the gospel came, what happened? Jesus took it. Are you too tired to preach? Huh? Are you too tired? So tired you can't preach. Some of us are so tired from our jobs, we can hardly do anything for God. So tired, wearied. You can't stretch a little bit more. You know, I was telling... Uh, the, bread, the brethren at the growth class this morning I said you know sometimes people think pastoral work there's not a lot of work to it and I was telling them uh, on Friday I taught in the Bible school for two hours online Saturday I taught in the Bible school two hours online this morning I'm teaching I taught growth class I'm teaching in church now right and I'm, we have the guys connect I'm going to teach and then we have a singles meeting this evening I'm going to teach. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, put all those hours of teaching together. 
So there's no job that is convenient. Everybody has to sacrifice to get the job going. Are you following what I'm saying? If you think preaching is easy, then we hand you the mic one day, and you discover that after saying something for 10 minutes, you will not be saying, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise Master Jesus. Master Jesus, praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't realize that everything you know, you have forgotten. <laughs> are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> you, see, you, you listen to the message, you don't be hearing, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I was teaching them on um, how to interpret the Bible. And I was telling them, you know, you have some people just open the Bible and they say, and it came to pass. They say, wow. No matter what you are going through, it will come to pass. I say it will come to pass. In January, it will come to pass. In February, I said it will come to pass. You are not hearing me. I said it will come to pass. <laughs> and they say, oh, whatever you are believing for, it will come to pass. That's why it will come to pass. Like, and then, one hour, it will come to pass. I said, man, that service was powerful. I don't, ah, man, power. Fire everywhere. What did you learn? Go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Those are the churches you can attend without Bible. Proverbs eleven thirty. It says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise will win souls. If you are wise, you will be a soul winner. So listen to me. Soul winning in the Christian faith is a proof of wisdom. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And you know who is referred to as tree of life in the scriptures? Jesus. The fruit that comes out of you minister Christ to people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In that company, you are a tree of life. You are a representative of that tree of life. What comes out of you gives life to people. Joseph in prison was a tree of life. His fruits brought life. Wherever you go, you ought to carry the gospel. Carry the message. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. You know, we're in a generation that is becoming ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed to say that you are a believer. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Share the gospel. You might be the only opportunity that young man has for the gospel. You might be the only opportunity that young woman has for the gospel before they pass on. You know, I, I was reading something. I don't know how far it's true because of our data, the way we compute things here. But they were saying that the, uh, the lifespan of the average Nigerian life expectancy, right, is 52. I don't know whether it's gone. The flood has taken one year out of it, but that's short. That's very short. So, as a nation, that's what our life expectancy is. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says we're satisfied with long life. Praise God. But, but that's it. 
Are you conscious of people dying and never hearing the gospel? Does that, does that do something to your heart? Or you're just fine with a nice life? Is your life committed to the greater purposes of God? You see, at our stage in our walk with God, there are certain things that should not be an encouragement for us anymore. Coming to church shouldn't be something we are encouraged about. You should have grown beyond that. Serving God shouldn't be something somebody should encourage you. You should have grown beyond. By now, the scripture says, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. By now, you should have reason to... You see, let me tell you something. You should learn to measure your life in a very balanced way. You measure your life financially, right? You measure your life what? Um, um, what's it called now? Physically. CISPAC uh, agents. Right? Those who want to build muscles. Hmm? Or want to add weights. Whatever you want to do with your body. Right? Measure your life career-wise. Where should you be at your career now? I should be a supervisor. I should be a manager. I should be whatever. Measure your marital life if you're married. Most of us don't measure our spiritual life. And this is the funny, deceptive thing in this generation. When people measure their spiritual life, they now measure it with less commitment. Say, ah, uh, in those days I used to do a lot of things for church, but uh, as, I, as I began to mature, began to see some things, they mature and leave church. No, they decide that they are growing. They just leave church. Say, now nah, just serve God. God is in my heart. Just serve Him. And I don't do religion. To them, religion, as we are here now, we are doing religion. That's to them, we're very mature people. So I don't do religion. Huh? I just do God. I just love people. Praise God. Are you in any department in church? No, 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 I don't do. I don't do that. I just serve my God. I just go serve my God. I just serve my God. <laughs> your God. Is your God your servant? Not the one who created you. Because the God who created you prescribes that you should not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. So we create God in our image and likeness. And then we serve him the way we want to serve him. So, the proof that you are matured is that you don't do religion. So, you stroll to church when you feel like. You stroll out. The day you feel like going to church, you go. The day you don't feel like. You are governed by your feelings. You are a baby. A child, spiritually. You are a child. You are a child, spiritually. You might, be, you might have beers, physically. But spiritually, when they check here, <laughs> Bololo, nothing. You're a baby. <laughs> a baby. You're a child. <laughs> By now, God should be speaking to you about nations and people and places and things He wants to accomplish. But sleep has governed you. So you have to measure your life spiritually. You see, your, your, your level of spiritual maturity is how, how, what can God trust you with? How many souls can God trust you with? 
That's how to measure your life. He says, you've been faithful over, when he gave them talent, you've been faithful over ten. Come and govern cities. You see, the proof that you're growing spiritually is that more spiritual responsibilities are done, are done what? Are given to you. More souls are entrusted in your care. That's the proof that you're growing. The proof that you're growing is not that you're unplugged from church. Or the proof that you're growing is you're unplugged for the things of God. No, no. You are on your way to be... And you are on your way to, 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 to wherever you're going to. But it's not maturity. Maturity is where your heart begins to beat for the same things that the heart of God beats for. What's that? Souls. 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 God wants souls to be one. John chapter 9 verse 4. Jesus says, let's do this before we read the Anakarta story. John chapter 9 verse 4. Are you getting blessed? I didn't hear you. Are you getting blessed? Yeah. Let's get more souls born again. The young people on drugs now. Hmm? Their life's just been wasted. Ah, man. People mixing all kinds of things to drink. Mixing all kinds. <laughs> ah, mixing all kinds of stuff to drink. Smoking all smokables. Hmm? All kinds. In those days, you could find a few people who were drug addicts. But today it's about finding a few people who are sane. You look at our young people. Huh? Abusing all kinds of drugs. And we shouldn't laugh about this. These are people that are created in the image of God that God wants to use for a greater purpose. We have a responsibility to share the gospel with them. All kinds of stuff going on in our society. Those of us that are already saved, we cannot now go and join them. We have to pull them as a brand plucked from fire. Are you following this now? Jesus said, We must walk the works of Him who sent me as long as it is day. The night is coming when no one can walk. Don't ever forget this scripture. Do it when it is day. The night is coming when no one will work. A time is coming. You will not be as strong as you are now to preach the gospel. That opportunity might not be there any longer. Are you conscious of this statement? That there is a season in your life where you can get things done. You know, uh, when you're single, you have the opportunity to get a lot of things done. Unfortunately today, you know, we've got singles who are so bogged down with all kinds of things, they can't even get involved in the things of God. It's not when you get married. Ask the married people how difficult it is for some of them to do their devotion. Huh? They're sleeping on top of the Bible. Because the baby kept them awake all night. Hmm? I know those children. <laughs> you carry them. Huh? This that's why we are praying for a child. Make sure you cover all the prayer points. You know some children are like that. You carry them. Then they will sleep. Then you're going. And you're going. And you're going. And you're going. And then you drop. Immediately your back just touches the ground. They really look at you. 
<laughs> Some children are like that. I don't know which of our kids was like that, but one was like that. Hmm? And you do that for hours, hours. You will not be thinking of soul winning. Anybody can go to hell, they want to go to hell. <laughs> you will be thinking of soul winning. The night has come, you can't work any longer. Are you following this? This, you see, the words of the Bible is true. The night will come where you will not be able to work. So while it is day, why not go ahead and do the work? Praise God. Why not go ahead and do the work? Let's look at the story in Luke chapter 14, the Anakadzo story. Luke chapter 14. Are you still here? Work while it is day. Now that you are still energetic, work. You know, a time will come when I will not be able to travel as much as I am traveling now. Yeah. Come to a point and say, hey, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You know, someone that inspires me in that area is Maurice Cerullo. You know, Maurice Cerullo grew up in the orphanage. And uh, the Lord used them mightily. And there were times Maurice Cerullo was doing crusades all over the place. Come to Africa. Mission to Africa. Mission to London. Mission to U.S. Mission to this. Mission to that. At a point, they now told him, okay, you can't do mission to this anymore. Hmm? Just relax. Night has come. He couldn't do all those crusades anymore as much as he wanted to do. Same thing with Rehan Bonke. Traveling all over Africa, preaching the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the time came, told him, hey, you can't preach any longer. Had to hand over before he went home to be with the Lord. Are you conscious that the time will come in your life where you'll not be able to... Luke chapter 14 says, verse 16. Are you conscious of the, that the time will come in your life where you'll not be able to do this? You might not, a time may come, you might not be able to do as much as you want to do for the Lord. Why don't you go for it now? Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Let's read this quickly. Are you still here? Alright. But he said, a man was given a big dinner and he invited many. And at the dinner hour he sent his slaves to say to those who have been invited, come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. Excuses. That's one thing you have to note when you're doing so winning. People will give you a lot of excuses. Right? The first one said, I bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me an excuse. Consider me excused. How did you buy land you didn't look at first? Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife. Oh boy. For that reason, I cannot come. <laughs> this one has reason. I just married. <laughs> Dida, I'm not going. I have food that you know not of. That's my own translation. And his slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave. Now, you would, you would feel like when he says, okay, I've done all I can. If they don't want to come, that's their problem. No. He says, no. That's not the attitude of the owner of the dinner. He says, go out at once into the streets. Go out at once into the streets. And the lanes of the city. And bring in here the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave master, and the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has been done. And still there is room. We brought the poor. We, you know, sometimes, very funny as a pastor, I've seen this. Sometimes, 
it is those people you feel are poor and everything that have time to serve God. You know, most of us, it's our prosperity that is making us not to serve God. You see people who, ah, pastor, if you just pray for me, and this thing just happen, you will be surprised. Yeah, I will be surprised. Oh, sure, I will be surprised. And then they get the job. Then what happens? They start unplugging for the, from the church. Hmm? Yeah. No, no time anymore. Don't let your prosperity make you not be able to serve God. Let your prosperity... In appreci- you see, let me explain something to you. For some of us that the Lord had blessed financially, learn to serve God so that other young people can see you as a model that blessed people can still serve God. You know, the model we have mostly is that we are, we are all in this race until our time comes. Once our time comes, eh? and we just blow like this, it's an explosion. We'll just be sending money to church. We'll not be available. But let's go on. It says, and there is still room. So God does not want an empty house. God does not want any of these chairs that we have in this church to be empty. When you see an empty chair, let it be a concern to you. There are souls in this city that need to sit on these chairs. And you have a responsibility to do what? To bring them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Church, are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, there's still room. What did the master say? And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the edges and compel. That word compel is the Greek word what? Anakazo. It means to drag. Compel them. It is, it is compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. That's why we titled this compelling soul winning and what? Church growth. Every empty seat in this church, God holds us accountable for not getting it filled. He says, go, go out. He didn't allow them to settle. He didn't allow them to sit. He didn't allow them to wait and say, ah, let's just catch your breath. Immediately they came and said, there's still room. He says, go out at once. Show them more places to go. More, are you hearing what I'm saying? More places to reach. There are more places in this town we need to reach. There are more people. There are more places... People need to come to this church from. You have a responsibility. They will give you an excuse, but compel. There are young boys in your compound that you send on errand all the time. Eh? It's time for you to get them to come to church with you. You know they are not going to church. They are young. Hey, do you go to church? No, why not? You're going to play football on Sunday morning. Get them in. As we are here now, there are people playing football, serious football. That probably might not play football in their life. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to reach them. Who, who came to church with you this morning? Some of us, the only people we bring to church is who we want to marry. Say, I, I brought a first time master. And we are excited that Brother, I've started doing so with it. Say, wow. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Then next week, say, sir, I have something to tell you, sir. <laughs> what is it? Say, that is the person I want to marry. Ah, uh-uh, now. <laughs> it's not bad, but we are not going to just grow by marriage and death. Before these children will go and fill up this place. Even me, I will be old. That method will not work. 
I mean, that means we're going to be 400 by the time I'm maybe in 92. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to go out there and reach out to people, compare people, get the house filled. Whatever excuse they tell you, knock off that excuse and get them in the house of God. We would always have excuses not to get something done. I, I want to read the story of Mary Slessor. How many of you know Mary Slessor? Right? Stop the killing of twins, right? Let me read something I read from my biography. Uh, okay, let me read something a missionary to China said. I believe that in each generation, God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is men who will not respond. It is not God who does not call. It is man who doesn't respond. See, one of the things we're going to do next year, we're going to, do, uh, we're going to spend a whole month to do church history. I, I realize that a lot of Christians don't have knowledge of church history. You know, when I mean church history, we're just going to talk about some of the life of these missionaries. You know? Um, I think in the TCC, they're telling them about revivals and they read the story of Mel Terry. Like a mighty wind, the revival that happened in Indonesia. And, and, and I mean, the kids never know that something like that happened. They know Ben 10 and Spider Man. But they don't know the miraculous walking power of Jesus. You know, our children know more magic than Jesus. You know, your children, you, you know, if you ask our kids now, who do you want to save you from this thief? They say, Superman. They, they believe in the ability of Superman. More than the ability of Jesus. And you might think it's a joke, but you need to start telling them that Jesus has more power than the superman. If you just be one day, they'll just be praying, no, superman save us. Superman save my father. <laughs> and they will think that in Jesus' name ends every prayer. They will not say in Jesus' name, let God release superman. And you have to consciously train them on the miraculous working power of Jesus. The... the Harry Potter and all of those stuff. They consciously teach the world that there is power out there. Right? And from there, children begin to have the idea that there's strong power out there. But they don't know how it's accessed. What your children read at a very early age influenced them. One of the things that influenced me into ministry was the fact that I used to read my dad's magazine. T.L. Osborne used to send magazines to my dad. Uh, I used to call the magazine One Way, One Job. One Way, Jesus, One Job, Soul Winning. And I used to read of miracles that, that happened through the ministry of T.L. Osborne in Nakuru, Kenya, and all of those nations. In fact, I began to learn about nations from reading those magazines. And gradually, you know, it just planted a seed in my heart about the miraculous working power of God. What magazines do your children pick up? What do you make available to your children? Right? What, 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 what books do you make available to your children? What, what goes on? What is the talk in your house? Is it the fact that God can provide? Is it the fact that God is real? You have an opportunity to raise a generation that's passionate about the power of Jesus. God has prospered you now. Don't just load them with things that will not gear them towards eternity. And you know the most important thing? Is about you living that life. If you raise your children that church is not important, don't be surprised in the years to come when they walk away from God. Why? Just train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, what is going to happen? He's not going to depart from it. 
You train your kids. You know, it never crossed our mind that people don't go to church. Not even before my parents were pastors. And in those days, our church was like five times a week. Eh? How many of you know those churches? Hmm? Prayer meeting on Monday. Bible study on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, they had something. Then, uh, prayer band on Friday. And then, you now have a mother who is very zealous. Who has joined like two, three departments that... So, we literally went to church almost every day. No children church. No, like, children church. It was bench in those days. You know now. It was bench. So, you sat there and you sat in the service. No biscuits. You know, today, when children come to church and it's almost like they're going for a love feast. It's like, oh, what do you want? You want biscuits? Oh, Rabina? Oh, Tom Tom? Oh, you want me to die for you? Oh. <laughs> oh. They are teaching in church. You now cry. <laughs> the pastor is teaching. You say something happened. Then you now cry. The whole church now turned and looked at my mother. <laughs> you are gone. You will almost... First of all, she will knock you there. And that one is a foretaste of the things to come. And you must not cry in that one because if you cry in that one and she leaves out, she leaves the church because of you, you are, you are, you are gone. You are gone. You can call it child abuse. Is that abuse that's making me preach to you today? Because without that flogging, probably we'll be out there somewhere doing what I shouldn't do or should have been dead. I'm not going to teach you how to raise your kids. But you've got to train them to respect the house of God. Respect the presence of God. Respect the word of God. Respect the people of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have to raise our children that way. To honor the Lord. To reverence Him. That when we are praying, we are talking to God. And we have that reverence. That's how a new generation will be raised. Some of you were raised in the way that I'm talking about now. And you know what it did for you. So, so it was because of that that I don't really like church. No problem. Like what you like. To even serve the devil is not easy. By the time they tell you to carry coffee in your head and be naked 2 a.m. at night, you will not know that to open Bible is easier. You will come to the house of God. No, go and serve. You want to serve the devil? Go, 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 go. You want to join cult? Go. By the time they flog you with shame, you will you know serving God is, I mean, is there an issue here? Ah, the friend in school, hey, you want to join God? Hey, you have to do it's not there. They tied him to a tree. Flogged him with chain overnight in Abracadia. Left him in the forest for two days. He came back and became a secretary of church fellowship. <laughs> Think to join court. Hey, hey, what is it? Even the other, even court, even court like themselves, more than the house of God. Even court like themselves. Go until they tell you to bring your mother. I'm asking you for your mother. <laughs> even tight, we are not even stressing you. Just serve God and you are there just doing it. Even court. He, my brother will join court and that made money. Who is holding you? The door is open. Just open the door wider. Go and join them. 
So they ask you to bring your manhood, then you now realize that God is not even asking you for anything. Make you blind in one eye. You make it look like serving God is one big thing, there's one pressure. If it's not for God, I know where I would have been now. There's, a, there's one lodge, they invited me, I wanted to join the lodge, I just consider my children. No, join the lodge. Don't consider us. Go and collect power. It's not money you want. Go. Make it look like someone is begging you to serve God. Or oh, it's a burden. Huh? Read the Bible. You say no. Okay. Go and drink it. You now mix frog, mix leopard, mix lizard, and give you what to drink that you don't know where it's coming from. Then you now have the money, Abby. Too much of Nigerian movies. Hmm? Now drive car. Then after two years, they now start chasing you. Then you will come now. That you do deliverance. I will not deliver you. <laughs> you say, but you not a man of God. Did I send you to go and join cult? Am I the one that gave you the devils? I mean, serving God is just beautiful. You just enjoy the presence of God. You love your wife. You love your children. You are not serving God and you have one girlfriend, Abiyokuta, one in Obiyokuta. I mean, they bring salary, you are dividing into three accounts, there's somebody pregnant for you, you cannot tell. Why are you, why are you disturbing your life like this? Is life not difficult already? Hiding picture, hiding accounts, hiding this one, hiding that one, hiding the... In one, one life that you have, one life, one short life. I think I'm getting angry. <laughs> Mary Schlesser, her, her life rivals in many particular ways to that of David Livingstone. She served in Africa under the, under the United Free Church of Scotland from 1876 to 1915. From an unlettered factory girl in the homeland, she advanced into the foremost rank of missionary pathfinders. Her work was that of a pioneer among the most savage tribes of the Calabar hinterland. Practically, single-handedly, she tamed and transformed three pagan communities in succession. Because of that lady coming to Calabar, three communities were transformed. I don't just want you to see Mary Slessor from a social studies history perspective, Right? That stopped the killing of twins. This lady was a pioneer missionary that brought the gospel to those communities. Don't just see it from the history perspective. Look at this thing. When in, in the year 1873, the news from Africa that Livingstone is dead, Mary was about 25 years old. She asked her mother if she might go to Africa as a missionary. At 25, she came to Calabar. She had to learn the ethnic language and began to walk. In those regions. At 25, she left Scotland and Japan to Africa. Hmm? Now you want to go to Scotland. She left there. No light. Imagine 1873, how Calabar would be. Come on. 
Even in 2022, it's a bit beautiful. I think it's one of the beautiful cities we have, but before Dona Duke, right? So consider Calabar before Dona Duke. Let's give them some credence now. Right? 1873. And that young lady left Scotland. She had an active relationship going on, cut off the relationship, and came. You know, those, those days, it's one-way journey. They know malaria will kill them in Africa. There was no cure. There was no chloroquine. Yet she took that. What are you calling sacrifice today? What are you calling sacrifice? That you are entering back. And when I enter back, my head that I packed, and the breeze will be blowing it. I'm usually not very comfortable after I packed my hair. I just like it to stand straight. So if I don't see somebody that can carry me, I just think I'll just like stream because I really don't like it when my hair is just oh 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 <laughs> your hair. Uh, what are you calling sacrifice today? Ask yourself in all honesty, what is sacrifice? Some of you, God has blessed you with cars. You can't even drive to church. You can't even drive to church consistently. Some of you, God has blessed you with money. You can't even give to the gospel. It's from one personal project to another. One personal project to another. One personal project to another. All those houses you are building. To what intent? Are, are you not comfortable? What else are you looking for? This pressure of this life, how did you allow it to get into your soul? What else are you looking for? Some of you now, even if you stop work for the rest of your life, at least you can never be poor. So what else? Why don't you give the rest of your life to the service of God and the gospel? You don't have to be a preacher. But why don't you center your life and say, where the gospel is, I will push the gospel. I will advance the gospel. I will share the gospel. My life will bring glory to God. What else are you looking for in this life? Some of us have clothes we might not use for the rest of our lives. And you still want to buy more. What shall it profit a man? He gains the whole world and loses his soul. Today, I want you to look at the life of that young 25-year-old lady who came into a community and transformed the community. Maybe God brought me here to teach you these truths. Maybe you're the one God wants to use to transform this land. Maybe you're that girl. Maybe you're that boy. Why don't you give it what it takes? Why don't you bring Christ again to the center of your life and let everything around you revolve around Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, we yield to you. We yield to your will. We yield to your purpose. We pray, Father God, that you will give us a heart of sacrifice. We pray that you will give us a heart of sacrifice. We pray that you will give us a heart of sacrifice. We ask, O oh God, that in the name of Jesus, Touch us. Let us give. Let us give. Let us give our lives to your call. Lord Jesus, we thank you for those who long ago did not renounce the faith. 
But one by one they chose to die. And the Son of God, they refused to deny. Lord, we ask you for grace to be passionate about souls again. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Alright, just uh, do a few things and then we will. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.